Good morning, Beacon Church. And yes, we're going to be speaking about something entirely new this morning. Um, we've been looking at Joseph recently. From next week, we're going to be spending two months uh, focusing directly on the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but this week, just want to do a little uh, one-off, a little one-shot, if you like, on a uh, particular subject that I feel is very important to us, particularly in this current season. It's a subject that I spoke about recently elsewhere. I uh, just felt it was really important we as a team just felt it's an important thing to keep on our own radar too here at Beacon as well. Um, this season we are in might well be a time of limitations and hindrances which are beginning to lift absolutely but restrictions nonetheless will be here for quite a while in different ways but all along what we're experiencing as a nation not just as God's, God's church in Herne Bay but as a nation I think under the bonnet we're rediscovering um, a, a fresh appreciation of things that truly matter. There's been a recentering and a refocusing in the communities at large about um, what truly matters after all. This has been shedding light on things that once held value can actually very quickly prove to be worth far less than we realised. Even oil, the prices of oil recently dipped below zero. Who, who'd have thought at any point that would ever happen? Um, but Things that had dwindled in the past in terms of things we value as a society have proved to be absolute gold after all. Community, family, street parties, uh, relishing relationships that we hadn't actually invested in and so on. The nation's waking up to we should have been doing this all along. And so um, things have been turned on their heads. And as the church, it's important that we also leverage this moment. We've already heard in Joseph's story just over recent Sundays how God positions us and provides all that we need and we need to recognize that that provision is not solely for our own creature comforts you remember in Joseph's story the point of that was for uh, it's a metaphor for the building of the church and for the blessing of others it was about the other nations that were coming to Egypt and for us as God's people he has given us much for the blessing of others not just for us and this is about the principle of generosity and generosity is what I want to speak about this morning. The Bible has much to say on the subject. If you go right back into Old Testament times, uh, we see in Deuteronomy 15, we won't have time for me to read through it now, but if you get a chance, go back and have a look through that. Deuteronomy chapter 15, in there, God himself defines his own economic recovery program effectively, which was never a reaction to a crisis like ours tends to be today and will continue with e more economic measures coming up on shore because of what's been happening recently. That's always a reaction. Um, but God's principle was built into everyday life where release and debts being cleared every seven years were just built into the fabric of society. So in that way, no one was ever trapped in a long-term cycle of poverty or loss, but instead people were wrapped up in a cycle of generosity and community. And this very same heart was continued into the new covenant after Jesus, the expected Messiah, after he came. So it no longer acted as prescribed legislation, so to speak, but as an automatic posture of the heart in God's people that we today should still be seeking after. God's economic policy may end up having a different look as a result, but his intentions and his ex expectations have never changed he now stirs and expects these same principles in us his people simply as a result 
of being saved. Generosity is a gospel response, not just a nice idea. If you want to turn with me to Acts chapter 2, and verse 44, we see um, some wonderful signs of what the uh, early church get up to. Um, Acts chapter 2, verse 44, it says, And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. You see, it's what they did, but it's because of who they were. And then you skip to 1 John chapter 3, verse 17, and John, Jesus' best friend while he was here on this earth, this is what he said. And these, these words are quite blunt, I've got to say. 1 John 3, verse 17 says, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? You see, to not let the world's riches have a grip on us, but to freely release them, knowing that Jesus' hold on us is even stronger. That is a freeing act that propels us further into knowing his goodness and his grace over us. I must make a point, though, that this extends to far more than just money. This is about time. This is about energy. This is about conscious forethought, interest, consideration of others. This is about generosity of spirit. Um, it's about worshipping with our wallets, but also worshipping with our watches and worshipping with the world's resources in general. It's about stewarding all that we have been given for the sake of the gospel, for God's glory and for the blessing of others. But saying that, in our Western consumerist society, money is probably the best diagnostic means of discovering how generous we really are. Money tests our hearts like little else, doesn't it? We can think, yay, see, I'm not as stingy as other people. Look at him and look at her. It's always easy to point the finger. And so one way to discover for ourselves is to ask simply, whenever I consider giving from my resources to someone else, does my heart leap at that or does it bristle? Do I get excited at the thought of that person's gain or do I get edgy about my loss? And John Wesley brilliantly put it that the question is not how much of my money will I give to God, but how much of God's money will I keep for myself? And that one pinches my heart. See, this is not about the numbers even. Some of us have little, and whatever you can give is measured by your context, not by the size of your cheque. Some of us have much more. And yet in 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul doesn't say to the rich, stop being rich, give all your money away. He says to them simply, be generous and be ready to share. See, this is about um, the size of your giving spirit, not the size of any gift itself. What really helps us, either way, is about remembering who we are and where we stand. You see, we get to do this freely and joyfully because we are, as God's people, already rich. The English word generous is actually rooted in the language. It actually gen it means, generous means of noble birth. And biblically, <laughs> we know that that is exactly who we are as Jesus's family, of noble birth. We're his noble people. And generosity should be an expectation, not a nice to have. As God's children, we are swept up into his explicit purposes. And if the earth and everything in it is his, Psalm 24, 
then whatever our situation, we have enough to fulfill it, those purposes and those commands that he's asking of you and me, which includes blessing others with what we have. Jesus gave up his riches and his royal comfort in order that we might receive his inheritance. He came to serve in ministry and then ultimately in his greatest sacrifice upon the cross so that we, broken and destitute without his mercy, we can receive adoption into his royal household. His mercy cancels our debts and his grace makes us far richer than we can ever imagine. And because of Jesus, we can know that we are safe as we step out in passing on his example and his resolve of generosity. And because of that, we can do it willingly and cheerfully. We want to turn to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It'll come up on the screen as well, but 2 Corinthians chapter 9. There's a wonderful passage here where Paul is talking to the church in Corinth. And this is what he says. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has made up his mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he is distributed freely, he is given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. God gives us good things. See, not in order to be acting like spoiled brats with a heavenly trust fund. I'm all right, Jack. This is in order to be generous in every way. His word guarantees us that our Father will supply and multiply what he gives us in order to keep on sowing and reaping a harvest of righteousness. This is about the gospel. This is about his kingdom advancing. This is about Jesus being made famous and his family growing. And we get to join in on that. And this plays a significant part of that. There's many ways in what this can look like in our everyday lives as well as regular giving to the local church our primary expression of worship financially on top of that we have abundant opportunities there's charities there's some great charities out there schools work trusts yeah, ymca uh, and then work with the homeless there's tier fund and so on there's countless good charities out there that we can contribute to and invest in to do the work that we are unable practically to do ourselves we can help them do that there's also other means simply being willing to be the first person to get around it if you're down the pub if you out for a restaurant with friends being the first to offer we'll get this we'd love to pay for you it's just about a generosity of spirit a posture of heart uh, asking the question who in my church family would be blessed by an anonymous gift uh, maybe it's buying extra food for our local food bank see this is looking out for the marginalized Maybe even after lockdown is fully lifted, maybe you can offer someone your spare room as cheap or free lodging. Not all of us can do that, but this, these are just examples of having a generosity of spirit, a correct posture of our heart to freely give, knowing that he's going to catch us anyway. We get to bless others and advance his kingdom. This is about generosity of thought, ultimately. Having 
having the forethought to even consider this in the first place. It's an attitude. Um, Jenny and I, we've been on the receiving end of generosity when we've been in need. There was a time, some of you will know this story, but uh, a few years ago, uh, because of Jenny's um, health and um, income issues that, that we weren't eligible for and we were struggling to pay the bills at one point, um, I remember one Monday morning I sat down and did the figures and just presented it to the Lord. It's like, at least for the next short season, three or four months, I think it was, and we'll, we'll, Lord, we'll worry about the next bit, but for now, for us to get from here to here over the next four months, to stay in the black and not get in the red, we need X. It was so many hundreds of pounds just for basic ins and outs for us to stay in the black. And I prayed, Lord, we need this figure just to last for the next season. And I'm asking you to do what you will. Three hours later, three hours later, I got an email from friends abroad who I hadn't spoken to recently, who didn't know about this situation. And they, they said, just thinking about you this morning, been praying for you. Uh, what, what's your bank account details? We'd like to give you a little gift just to bless you as friends. It's like, okay, I, I go. So the, the details thinking it was going to be enough for a nice little meal out, a little blessing. It was the exact same figure, many hundreds of pounds that I'd prayed for three hours earlier. That was possible because others, brothers and sisters, were willing to ask and listen to God out of a generous posture. And in doing that, he prompted them to be a part of the answer to my prayer. It's about a generosity of spirit as much as just a generosity in numbers. And yes, as a family, we have also had the privilege of paying it forward as well, enjoying what it means to be generous to others and enjoy Father catching us every time as we do. I'm not going to share those stories because I'll be bragging. I'm not doing that. But I'm sure, sure you understand uh, what, what my heart here is. Uh, to do so is exciting. To do so is life-giving. And it's, an, it's, the, it's the adventure of the gospel that we're swept into. And we can all play a part and enjoy it rather than wince. Um, finally, I just want to finish with Philippians chapter 4. And there's another example we see of Paul writing to uh, another local church in Philippi. Let's see what he says from verse 14 down to verse 19. It's another great example of exactly what I'm talking about. Philippians 4 verse 14, uh, Paul says, Yeah, it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Even if the Thessalonica, you've sent me help for my needs once and again. They've been generous. And he continues, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And he finishes, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. They gave freely and generously. Paul was on the receiving end, he was very grateful for it, and he says there at the end, he says, you're rich in Jesus, you've blessed me and I'm very grateful for it, and as you've done so, you are still rich. He will give you everything you need to keep on giving. We, as God's people, we are in a privileged position of being able to give cheerfully and sacrificially, knowing that our good Father will catch us every single time. It's a win-win situation. So be blessed 
enjoy the adventure of giving and let's see what God does with it. Let me just pray. Father, we thank you so much that you are a generous God. You are the most generous person we can ever know and we are now members of your noble royal household. Help us, Lord, to continue to learn what it means to have a posture of generosity, a heart of being, of being uh, willing and, and uh, desiring to uh, be generous in everything we have, knowing that you will catch us every time. We thank you for uh, what you do, uh, what you've done for us and what you do around us. But Lord, we don't want to sit back and just watch it. Lord, help us to partner with that and to step into your life of giving. Uh, your gospel, your good news is about what you've given to us and what you offer to others. Lord, let us continue to step into that and not just leave it there, but to live it out loud with everything you have given us and everything you will continue to provide. We love you, Lord. We love your generous spirit. Help us to have a little bit more of that, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you both.